Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool. I'm John. And I'm Josh. I'm Justin. What's going on, guys? Uh, you know, just living life in the quarantine. We're just sitting at the house. What about you guys? Sitting, sitting at home. Yeah, actually, today I was really fun. I got to venture out for two hours, and I drove to Baldwin and dropped off mics to John, and then I also drove to uh, Afton to drop off mics to Josh. That is Afton, right, Josh? That is Afton, yes. Okay. So I, I traversed the uh, greater St. Louis area for about two hours. It was, actually, it was very cathartic. It was, it was nice and relaxing. You guys should do it. We, nice we get out too. a lot. We go for rides. So we're going to hit up the trail today. Now that the parks are all open again, we're going on the trail this afternoon, I think. So. All right. We'll make I sure. I don't drive anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no? You don't like to drive? Well, I love to drive, but I don't have anywhere to go anymore. So I just, that's what I, I feel like I'm just manufacturing trips to take. Like I didn't need to drop those microphones off to you guys this morning. In fact, two of us aren't even using them. So it's like, <laughs> right. Cause they didn't work, but that's okay. It was yeah. the thought that yeah. counted. Lesson learned. I'm going to get, I'm going to get it fixed and working though. So don't, right. you, wor- don't you worry about that. <laughs> Let's get back to what we just nerded out on. Justin, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, so listen, I, first of all, I, I could spend four hours talking about what I've just been nerding out on over the course of the last couple of weeks. I think we could all probably agree with that, yes? I, I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, not me. I have a kid, and I also have a, <laughs> I have a 25-page paper due next week, so I've been nerding out on Turkey lately. Oh, like the food? No, like the nation of Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I had a turkey uh, egg sandwich yesterday. Oh, there you go. I'm making turkey burgers for dinner. See? So. Excellent. So you, you are kind of nerdy out on turkey and also country turkey. Well, anyway, so this I actually typed this up a while ago, um, but we did finish the, the series Lost for the third time. This was a couple weeks ago. And I'm sure I've asked this before, but uh, who of you have seen Lost? I have not. I haven't seen because I heard the ending was so bad that it was hard for me to start the show. I've never seen it. Oh, man, guys. First of all, <clears throat> here's the thing about the ending, all right? It, it wasn't that bad. It had, this is my third time through it. Uh, the reason why it was so bad in real time is that every single episode, they'd advertise, the answers are coming. Here come the answers. And then you'd watch the show, and you're like, they didn't answer anything. And, and, then, and then the ads would come out again for the next week. No, this time the answers are coming. And they just never came. And then there are more questions. And there are just more questions, which is fine. That would have been totally fine. That would have been very on par with the, with the show. But just don't tell us that the answers are coming. That was my biggest gripe about it. I think a lot of people were upset at the end because it wasn't clear, very clear like what actually happened. But that's kind of like the, the, the point of the show is you don't really know what the heck's going on. Every time you think you figure it out, they just totally throw you for a curveball. You're like, oh, now I'm confused again. Um, which is, I think is what makes it so amazing. Anyway, I just remember that. I just remember the commercials, like when it was still on. Yeah. Um, and it was later, I guess it was later in the seasons where it was, it was Matthew Fox and he'd be like, we have to go back. And I'm like, why do you have to go back? You just got off it. Like, right. and I understand like I had, I had zero context, but like, why yeah. would you go back when you got off the Island? Well, that's the thing. That's this. That's didn't, the whole. That's like season. Make any sense. That's like season five or four or something like that. That's the whole storyline. <laughs> why? Why does he want to go back so bad? 
Well, anyway, so if you, so I'm sure you've heard of this show, but just to for those of you who have not, it's it's about it's a plane crash, uh, and these survivors are laying on this this crazy tropical island that seems deserted, only to find out there's a lot of other extra things going on on this island. Um, and it was created by J.J. Abrams, who I think many of you know for Star Trek, Star Wars, and also Super 8. This is one of the first things, not one of the first things he ever did, but it's definitely one of the most notable things that he did. It was also created by and written by Jeffrey Lieber, who did NCIS New Orleans, as well as the Charmed reboot, which is coming out soon, apparently. And finally, Damon Lindelof. I mean, this has a lot of heavy hitters. This guy did Leftovers and the Watchmen TV show that just came out. Have you guys seen Leftovers? No. I, I have not. Man, what about Watchmen or even like the original movie? I know Lambert's seen the original movie. I've, I've seen, seen the, the movie, movie a long time ago. I started the series but never finished it. Well, I don't know why, but I just kind of stopped. Well, I mean, Leftovers and Watchmen as well as Lost are all very similar in that it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't want to call it fantasy. It's it's or even sci-fi. It's just it's just very odd. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, but definitely worth seeing. A couple people that are in it. We got Josh Holloway who plays Sawyer. He's in Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. All the ladies love this guy. Uh, we've got Jorge Garcia who plays Hurley. He's also from a TV show called Aquatrice, which was just totally cut off after one season and should have stayed around longer. Evangeline Lilly plays Kate Austin, and she's from Ant Man. Terry O'Quinn, who plays John Locke. He's from The Rocketeer as well as Young Guns. Is is John Locke in this show, is he like a very philosophical character? Have you noticed a lot of the the names yet? Yes, a lot of names. Sawyer, Kate Austin, yeah. A lot of the names are based on philosophers, and there is definitely a connection there. There's a lot of symbolism and metaphors all throughout this entire show, which is, again, what makes it pretty cool. Matthew Fox plays Dr. Jack, Jack Shepard, who Josh probably knows from We Are Marshall, I would imagine. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Daniel Day Kim, Lambert knows this guy, Daniel Day Kim plays Jin Su Kwan from the newest Hawaii Five-O show. Which has now ended. I know, after 10 seasons, right? 10 seasons, they call it quits. Yeah. Megan was devastated. I bet. I bet. Well, luckily, you've got 20 total seasons to watch of all Hawaii Five O things. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's probably something that you know, I'm not. I'm not going to watch again. That's yeah. not a rewatch. No, that's like why. Well, yeah, you don't rewatch like a Grey's Anatomy again because it's just so many hours. It's just. Uh, it's a lot of that's a anyway. Commitment. It's a real. You know, when my grandparents discovered Netflix, they finished like all 15 seasons of Grey's Anatomy in three weeks. I mean, they were, they just plowed it out. It's pretty impressive. Jana, Jana, my wife, is currently trying to finish all of ER, which just opening up Hulu and looking at how many seasons there were gave me like an anxiety attack. How many were there? Like 15 or something like that. But she's already like a third of the way through it. And she didn't start that long ago. So it's possible, everyone. All right. I've talked enough about Lost. Josh, what did you know about on? Yeah, so I've been watching All American. It's a CW show, but it's I've been watching it on Netflix. You guys seen it? No. Yeah, it's, I have not. It's a it's a great show. Uh, a high a star high school football player from South Central, South Crenshaw, is recruited to play for Beverly Hills High School, 
And it's just, you know, he's from a poor area. He's going to Beverly Hills where it's rich. I really enjoy the show. It's got two seasons on Netflix. It debuted in 2018. It was created and written by April Blair. It stars Daniel Ezra as Spencer James. He's in Prey. Samantha Logan as Olivia Baker. Season 13 Reasons Why. The third season, which I have not seen the third season. Michael Bailing as Jordan Baker. He's in Grey's Anatomy. And Tay Diggs as Billy Baker. And he's in Rent in Chicago. Oh, Jana is a big Tay Diggs fan. Oh, so is my wife. My <laughs> wife loves Tay Diggs. Uh, so. I, you know what? I got to tell you, I kind of like Tay Diggs too. Yeah. I like. You know what? I loved him in the episode of New Girl. You guys, you guys have seen that show, right? Or at least I've seen part I've of it. Seen, I've seen that show, but I've not seen that episode. Oh, okay. Well, he shows up and he starts romancing Jessica, and then he gets into this weird bedroom shirtless fight with Nick. <laughs> it's maybe one of the best scenes ever. So, if you're a yeah. Tay Diggs fan. Check that out. Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoy it. It's a football show and a high school football show. So, obviously, as a high school teacher and football coach. I'm going to check it out. I recommend it. All my, uh, well, all my students have been watching it and they love it as well. That's what they email me about on this quarantine. So, so this, is, this is like a Friday Night Lights? <laughs> yeah, like a Friday Night Lights-ish. You guys are gossiping about All-American? That was students? one of their assignments that they had to do in sociology <laughs> class was to watch this show and tell me how he was socialized. So Really? Okay. Yeah. Very clever. Interesting. Yeah. Well, good deal. Yeah. Lambert, what are you watching? Uh, not watching anything. Now, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing? Are you so out what of? we what we were doing uh, 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 a quarantine activity was puzzles. So we ended up getting a couple puzzles, and we've been we've been putting those together. So for those of you that don't know, the origins of a jigsaw puzzle went back to the 1760s, uh, when European map makers pasted maps onto wood and cut them out into small pieces. John Spilsbury, an engraver and map maker, is credited with inventing the first jigsaw puzzle in 1767. So we did a 1,500-piece Disney puzzle and have since completed a 1,000-piece beer label puzzle. And then we went to go buy some more, and then I guess word got out that, hey, this is a fun thing to do while you're locked in your house. And like they were on back order for a month, so we haven't done one since then. Nice. We did one too. We did one about what was it? It was a map of the U.S. and all the all the the states and all the major landmarks were very cartoony. It looked kind of like a Far Side comic. It was, okay. a, it was a thousand pieces also, but we knocked it out in two nights. That's we were like OCD about it. Mm-hmm. And then and then the saddest thing. This was so depressing, and Jana knows that I was so mad about this. We finished it. Literally looked at it. I took a picture of it. And she goes, okay, let's put it away. I go, what do you mean? Let's put it away. We just, <laughs> we, were, we put in hours of our lives doing this and she wanted yeah. to literally break it up within 60 seconds of being done with it. Gotta let it sit out for a couple days before sit out, you. Yeah, or at least like pick it up, you know, do that thing where people pick up puzzles on the, on, from the table. Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. I've se- I, have, I just saw that like yesterday and I didn't realize it was a thing. Yeah. But otherwise I would have done that. But we, I know. We just let it sit on the table and then took it apart because I had to take over the dining room table to work. Did you take a picture of the puzzle you finished? Uh, I think Megan did. I did okay. not. All right. Have Megan send it to me and we're going to post it on the social medias just so people okay. can be very impressed with our puzzle skills. Yeah. 
And if and, and now that I think about it, I should have left those outside for you to come pick up. Oh when yeah, you dropped off the mic because okay. I would have given you more puzzles to put together. All right, well that's in my next trip out in the next whenever I get stir crazy, which could be this afternoon. I'll bring puzzles to you, and you can leave out puzzles for me. Yeah. So, but we we picked it up just because it was a nice way to kind of spend time with each other and do something that wasn't watching TV. And then we kind of we did those, and then we went back to watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. Our our other thing we've been doing and not watching TV has been playing video games, and you still have the TV. Well. But we're not watching television. We are watching. We're doing something on a television. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, that's doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. We've been playing. Well, we've been playing some games together, but a lot of it is her watching me play Mario Odyssey, which is must be riveting for her. <laughs> so, just you know, Watch we gotta slash fall asleep. She did. She she goes. I'm gonna sleep right here. I'm like, just go upstairs. She's like, well, I'm just gonna watch you play the game, and it'll put me to sleep. I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> so that was her, that was her melatonin for the night. Was watching me play video games. <clears throat> good night. Good good fun. All right. So we've we've spoken a lot about what we're nerding out on, and we'll get we'll maybe move back around to that in the next couple episodes. But what we're here to talk about today, go full nerd on, give you a lot of nerd facts, and then we're continuing our TV through the decades series and today we're going to talk about 80s television so let's give you some background first of all this the most significant change in american tv happened during the 80s and that was the advent of cable television yeah because with cable you're going to have more choices of tv programs and it also meant that abc cbs and nbc were going to lose their dominance in american living rooms and by the early 1980s, more new cable channels such as CNN, HBO, Cinemax, and MTV started to become really popular with audiences who were looking for something new or interesting on television. Right. And besides cable TV, we also had things like the video cassette recorder, the home movie system, home video games, even remote control devices. So we started seeing the, the network television era start to decline a little bit. Speaking of the remote control, according to TV Guide, it revolutionized the way we watched TV in the 80s. It also prompted a practice called channel surfing, where people would quickly switch channels while looking for something interesting on the TV. And the 80s television was dominated by one-hour dramas and sitcoms. Police, crime and detective dramas were also on the rise, as well as primetime soaps. So what's always fun to do is talk about what shows are popular at the beginning of the decade and then what were popular at the end of the decade. So beginning of 1980 to 81, the top 10 TV shows were Dallas, Dukes of Hazard, 60 Minutes, MASH, The Love Boat, ABC, and The Jeffersons, Alice, House Calls, Three's Company, and at number 10, Little House on the Prairie. And you're going to see a big change from those shows mm. now to the end of the 80s. Uh, a lot more comedy, right? And so mm-hmm. we've got the Cosby like show. family comedy. Family comedy. I think we started seeing, I don't want to, I mean, obviously the sitcom didn't come around then, but it certainly was more of like a lighthearted sitcom, the family sitcom. So we've got Cosby Show and Roseanne. A Different World, Cheers, 
60 Minutes in the Golden Girls. And then Who's the Boss, Murder, She Wrote, Emptiness, and Anything But Love. I'm excited about, by the way, this decade, because I feel like this, well, not only were we all born in the 80s, some of us later than others, as we... I was, yeah, I was born at the end of the 80s. As, as is mentioned every time we're doing a podcast, we, we are aware. However, <laughs> however, most of these shows, I remember watching, at the very least, like a couple episodes, right? So speaking of that, let's talk about some honorable mentions. These aren't the ones we're going to go into in depth in, but they're definitely worth mentioning as being very popular. Not necessarily began in the 80s, but were very popular in the 80s. So we are, the aforementioned Dukes of Hazard was huge. Magnum P.I., Knight Rider with Kit. I love Knight Rider. And Cheers, which, by the way, we just rewatched Cheers. And not, not just, but it was like a year ago. It... it it doesn't hold up as well as some of the other sitcoms that came out or were popular during this era. I was in Boston last summer, and on top of wearing my St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup shirts everywhere, I actually went to the Cheers bar. Really? There. Yeah. And I don't want to like downplay how significant of a sitcom it was. There were definitely some funny parts, but I remember younger watching it and being like, this is the funniest thing that's ever existed. Everyone just, just ranted and raved about it. And having rewatched it, just, you know, sometimes some of the jokes just don't quite, like I said, hold up. We've also got MacGyver, Three's Company, Golden Girls, Who's the Boss, Family Ties, and Miami Vice. And then The Simpsons, one that is still going. <laughs> yeah. You want to you tell Jana to, you want to challenge for Jana, tell her to watch all the episodes, all the seasons of The Simpsons. It's on Disney Plus. I know. I know. 30 it's plus all- of them. It's also on. It's also on Hulu, and I just told her the other day. I said we're going to start watching this because she wasn't allowed to watch it as a child. Her parents wouldn't let her watch it <laughs> for whatever reason. Controversial, I, I guess. Who knows? They had weird, weird, uh, weird rules in the Caselli family household. Interesting. And we also have Night Court, Growing Pains, Justin, your doppelganger, Wonder Years, the Tom and Jerry comedy show, The Facts of Life. So as he just referenced, we should make sure everyone's aware of this. It, when I was growing up, people called me Fred because they said I look like Fred Savage. And I, and I, I, I could see it back then. I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up anymore. Not now, but back then, certainly. Yeah. I think we need to tweet a picture of a young Justin <laughs> on the socials. I got lots of pictures to be sent out in the next couple, <laughs> couple hours. All right, I'll send that one out, too. I'll find a young one, match it up with Fred Savage. The Muppet Show was very popular. I love The Muppet Show. Alf, Seinfeld came out and was starting to become popular in the 80s. Different Strokes, The Love Boat. Yeah, The Incredible Hawk, as before mentioned, The Cosby Show, The Smurfs, Moonlighting, He-Man, and The Masters of the Universe. Inspector Gadget, The Fall Guy, Fantasy Island, Murder, She Wrote, again, Dallas. DuckTales, woo was a big was a big one <laughs> which by the way that might be the hardest nintendo game nes game of all time i'm just gonna oh, just it was gonna a bear out there. it was hard and when you beat that game it was like i have conquered the world benson was big simon and simon let's not forget about balky and perfect strangers but just to, just to be clear these are not things i wrote down beforehand i'm just remembering things about these shows as we're as i'm reading them this is this is how these shows are so ingrained in my in my memory, Remington Steel was big. We've got Newhart, Thundercats, Charles, 
in charge, Mama's Family, Heart to Heart, 21 Jump Street, which was remade into two pretty good movies, mm-hmm. and Highway to Heaven. Oh, that, that's the thing I noticed here. There's a lot of remakes of 80s movies and shows going on right now. And some so, of these yeah. songs and these catchphrases. I don't know how you I don't know how you said Charles in charge without saying it. Charles in charge. He's in charge. Yeah. Of our days and well, he didn't. He's too young for that. That's yeah, true. I haven't seen that shit. <laughs> how about twenty one jump street? Okay, all right. Well, all right, sorry. Well, <laughs> continuing the theme with you know shows that were have either been rebooted or turned into movies, The Little Rascals, Hill Street Blues. Charlie Brown and the Snoopy Show, The Transformers, The Cartoon, Muppet Babies, T.J. Hooker, G.I. Joe, and probably a boatload that we're not mentioning. Yeah, sorry if we... I can speak on Muppet Babies has been renewed as a kid's kids show, and it's one of the more annoying shows to watch with a three-year-old. Muppet Babies. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Are you watching (laughs) Disney Junior a lot? No, I just, it's in there somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I loved Muppet Babies. That was a big one. I, I probably watched that later than I should in my life. Like I was older than I, I should have been still watching that show. College. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good show to rock out to in room 215 in the old fraternity house. Um, okay. All right. So again, there's a lot more popular 80s shows out there. We know it, but we just kind of tried to cover as many as we could that were not necessarily reaching the height of popularity, but are pretty well known and didn't necessarily begin in the eighties, but each one of us chose a show we really, really enjoyed. And so I'm going to start out with a show called Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. The Fraggle Rock, which was also known as Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock or Fraggle Rock with Jim Henson's Muppets. It's a Canadian British American children's puppet television series about interconnected societies of Muppet creatures. Now, before we continue with some info about it, I do need to know who watched this show. I did. I did not. I remember watching mm. it. I, I mean, it was obviously a long time ago, and I have not rewatched it since then, but I do distinctly remember watching this show. It was like a dirty version. Not dirty. Dirty is not the right word. Like a, like a uh, I don't know. What's, what's the right word? It was a version of the Muppets but they were like more edgy. Edgy is maybe a better. A risque version? Risque, but this is not sexual. This is just, they said and did things that the regular Muppets like wouldn't say. It was basically. A PG-13 Muppets? It was a PG-13 Muppets and they were in caves. So it was like much more grimy and dirty. (laughs) Josh, Josh, watch this with your kid. Oh yeah, that sounds like something I want to watch with her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, here, here might be the reason that I haven't seen it because the dates it was aired were January 10th, 1983 to March 30th, 1987, 96 episodes. And as we know, I was not born yet. That's probably the reason I haven't seen it. That's and fair. yeah, it was created and written by Jim Henson, as Justin kind of forementioned. Yeah. And it was directed by, well, 29 episodes are directed by George Blumenfeld. Field, 17 by Terry Maskell, and 16 by Eric Till. The stars, you have Gerald Parks as Doc. He was Doc in Muppet Family Christmas, and he was also in Boondock Saints. Who was he in Boondock Saints? Do we know? I don't know. I'll do some reconnaissance work. Yeah. 
And then Steve Whitmire as Sprocket the dog. He was the Muppets and Muppet Christmas Carol. And then we've got Dave Goals as Boober Fraggle, who was in the Muppet Show, the Muppet Movie, and the Muppets. And Terry Angus as a Muppet performer who was in multiple other Muppet shows. Yeah, if you look up Muppet stuff, you'll see Terry Angus. And Jared Parks is the bar owner. Is the bar owner. I was oh, about to say that. nice. He's, with, the, he's the raunchy bar owner. <laughs> that we, we can't really repeat everything he says. Yes. No. On no, the show. He, he's or speaking, Josh's ears will explode. Yeah, yeah. He's speaking Irish or he's, he's Welsh or something. Yeah, and just, just, just angry in Tourette's. Yeah. Yep. We had awesome. Jerry Nelson played Gobo Fraggle. Again, these are all Muppet people. Even Muppet Show, Muppet Movie, Sesame Street. And Karen Perel played the Red Fraggle. And she also was involved with Labyrinth, as well as the Muppet Christmas Carol. Which, okay, real quick, what's your favorite Muppet movie? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm a huge Muppet fan. I, I've never been into the Muppets. <laughs> Mine is the Muppets take manhattan no you know what just kidding the great muppet caper that was my favorite one you guys didn't watch muppets uh, growing up i've seen all those i don't have a favorite i haven't watched them enough to be able to rank them what about the newest one with jason siegel i did see that one josh did you see that one you were born no. when that came out no, I did not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not a, i guess i'm not a muppets fan the muppet babies has just taken any desire for me to watch Muppet movies ever away <laughs> but so. you should okay well you should watch the new Muppet movie because it's so clever it's Jason Siegel and then a Muppet and basically Jason Siegel uh, he his, his brother they're brothers one's a Muppet one's a person and it's just about their dynamic and the brother that's a Muppet wanting to be join the Muppets just watch it please it's <laughs> it's it, it's, uh, it's hilarious all right let's get into the plot of this show <laughs> <laughs> Doc and his dog Spracket have a hole in their wall behind which live little furry creatures known as Fraggles in a place called Fraggle Rock. The rock is also home to Doozers, who are knee-high to a Fraggle, and the Gorgs, who are giants that think they rule the rock. One gang of Fraggles, Gobo, Moki, Wembley, Boober, and Red, under the guidance of the all-knowing Trash Sheep, learn about each other and their neighbors and eventually befriend the doozers the gorgs and even doc and sprocket and let's not forget gobo's uncle matt these are just so much fun names you guys are laughing as i'm like reading what this plot was about it's totally wacky gobo's uncle matt explores outer space which is which is what our world is to them and sends postcards to his nephew about the silly creatures and we are the silly creatures you guys get Uh, it yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) let's get into some nerd facts the gorgs require two performers each an actor to perform in the costume and a puppeteer to do the voice and operate the face by radio controls previously full muppet characters for example big bird required the performer to operate the head with one hand leaving the character with only one functional arm operating the face from outside allowed for a more expressive performance from the characters You also had video cameras installed in the eyes, allowed the performer to see the Gorg's point of view. When HBO first started, it was purely a movie channel. Obviously, with the name Home Box Office, it's going to be that way. This was the channel's first original series. 
Yeah, so this was on HBO, which is... I remember yeah, watching it on HBO. Yep. Which made it a little more edgy. That's why it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so it ceased produ- or after ceasing production on The Muppet Show, Jim Henson actually asked his writers, Jerry Jewell and Jocelyn Stevenson, as well as designer Michael Frith, to create a show for kids that will save the world. And that's where this show came from. Michael K. Frith originally conceived the Trash Sheep character for the 10th season of Sesame Street. His reasoning was that archaeologists always gather the most useful information about ancient civilizations by going through its trash. When the Sesame Street producers decided not to use the character, Frith was able to resurrect her character while developing Fraggle Rock. The names Gobo and Traveling Matt are film industry inside jokes. Gobos are used to control the shape of light emitted from a source, and traveling mats are used to combine two or more image elements into one final image. That's pretty cool. Jim Henson first thought of the show, and when he did so, he titled it The Woozle Show. I like Fraggle Rock better. The Woozles. It's much better. I don't like the Woozles. Uh, yeah, another interesting thing about this show was that it was developed for the international market. It was intended to be viewed by a global audience. It was one of television's first international co-productions. It was developed by teams in New York and London, taped in Toronto, and broadcast in 90 countries and 13 languages. And in 1989, this became the first U.S. TV series to be broadcast in the Soviet Union. What a weird first TV series to be broadcast in the Soviet Union. Maybe that's what brought it down. You know, forget everything else. The Muppets brought down the Soviet Union. Well, I mean, the t- Fraggle the t- Rock, top of the wall. Yeah. The time, it, the timing is pretty. I mean, pretty suspect, right? Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So, according to a quote, the audience we were reaching for was one that was that we felt was at least where television was concerned, massively underdeserved, which was called the mid kit. And again, this see, this is me. I'm, I was the mid kit. I was beyond Sesame Street. But not yet, as we so succinctly put it back then, reading Playboy. I, mean, I may have been past the mid-kid. Still able to become lost in the magic of fantasy and music and storytelling. All in an impossible world brought to life by brilliant puppetry. You guys didn't like that, you guys didn't like that joke? That I, was... I, I just figured you were already past that, yes. <laughs> All right. The Fraggle Rock <laughs> theme song ended up becoming a bona fide hit at least in England, where it reached number 33 in the British music charts. It's a catchy song. And that's why you remember it. Mm-hmm. And though Boober's ending line of Down at Fraggle Rock is the best-known version of the theme song, five different endings were recorded, one with each of the main Fraggles delivering the final line with the intention that the openings would rotate between episodes. Like so many other series before and after it, Fraggle Rock's popularity eventually led to an animated version of the series, although it was pretty short-lived. In 1987, NBC premiered a cartoon version of Fraggle Rock on its Saturday morning lineup, and it only lasted one season. Yeah, then in 2012, Ben Folds 5 debuted their video for Do It Anyway, which featured Red, Gobo, Wembley, Boober, Moki, and Traveling Matt in starring roles. In addition to the original series being available on DVD and streaming, on April 25th, 2014, Hulu launched its first series for Hulu Kids. Doozers introduces a new cast of Doozers to the Fraggle Rock universe. So I'm really excited about this. In September 2005, the Jim Henson Company 
announced plans to adapt Fraggle Rock into a feature film, and they originally planned to release it in 2009, but basically for a decade, it kind of went up and down, in and out of being produced. However, as I mentioned before, with the success of the new Muppet movies, they're actually hopefully going to put this on the big screen. And actually, uh, this was a little bit back, Variety announced that Fraggle Rock movie is indeed happening with Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt set to produce and star in it, which will just be fantastic. So anyway, do you guys like Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Well, let's and, look forward. And it makes sense because <laughs> I, I just looked him up. He's our age. Well, I'm sorry. He's Justin and Mayan's age. Yes. Josh, he's not. How old he's, are you guys? We're in, 39. Our, in, our, in our 30s, yeah. 30s, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, actually, he's got the same birthday as Scott, oddly enough. Arnold. Does he, does he really? Yeah, the exact yeah, same birthday. That's, that's pretty great. Okay, anyways. So he's older <laughs> than me, basically, is what we're saying. All right. Why does it matter? Where does it rank? It's kind of hard, kind of hard to say where it ranks in the, the uh, history of 80s television shows, but for me, it ranks up there pretty high. And again, the reason why we've kind of mentioned this before, why, we, why I think it's so important, is that it was just a really unique spin on Muppets, and it really did kind of take... It, it, t- it took a look at how can Muppets and even cartoons and, and, and things that are intended for kids affect or impact people that aren't considered like small children anymore. It's more like that medium group. And I would argue it kind of, it almost sets the stage. I don't want to like stretch this too far, but it kind of sets the stage for, for even movies like Shrek that can appeal to a younger demographic, but has mm-hmm. a lot of adult elements in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think it's so fantastic. And you guys can't really speak to it because you didn't really watch it as much as I did. But uh, yeah, that's, no. how, that's how deep I'm getting with Fraggle Rock. I've, I haven't seen it in, I don't know, 35 years. I'm going to say without Fraggle, without Fraggle Rock, Shrek does not exist. So That's a bold statement. Wow. Thank you. Well, honestly, we could say without Jim Henson, all of these things, a lot of these things don't exist. This, this, that's true. This, true. Yeah. Pretty impactful person and company all right fraggle rock on to show two yeah so i picked saved by the bell i mean you guys have seen it correct when i wake up in the morning and yeah yeah i can see the whole thing but yeah i mean it's a great show watch a lot of reruns of it um this is like my 6 30 in the morning before school show every morning i'd get up and watch it so general info a close-knit group of six friends who get through their teens together while attending Bayside High School in the Palisades, California. And it only, and I say only, it only had 86 episodes and aired between 1989 and 1992. I thought it was on a lot longer than that. Yeah, it does seem like it. Mm-hmm. And especially since they got so old so quickly. I remember yeah. Zach Morris and I, this may have been like the last season, even even when they did that additional add-on spinoff the, series, the, the college years. The college, college years. years. Yep. <laughs> he just looked so much older than he's supposed to be. <laughs> he did not look 18 years old. Yeah. It was directed and written by Sam Obrick. And it stars, as Justin, you mentioned, Mark Paul Gossler as Zach Morris, who was in pitch. Oh, go ahead. I, I just need to add something real quick. Well, you can fin- well, go ahead and finish what he, what he was in. No, I was just going to say he was in Franklin and Bash and Pitch. So have you, he's also <laughs> mentioned a lot. Have you, have you seen the 
the video. It's on it's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's <laughs> yeah. Zach, Zach, yep. Zach, Zach Morris is trash. trash. Yes. Yeah. Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> so this is I, I've watched I watch that all the time because if you wa- go back and watch some Saved by the Bell episodes and really think about what Zach Morris is doing in these episodes, he really is like the worst human being ever. Yeah. Like the things he does to get his way is very, I mean, they're very devious and borderline, like he's a borderline sociopath. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he tries to get the whole school shut down a lot of times. Yeah. It's great. He just does whatever he can to make sure he benefits and yes. he has zero remorse for all of it. Yep. And he does it again the next episode. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does it the entire series. Uh, it also stars Mario Lopez as A.C. Slater, who's in Pacific Blue and Out of Time. Dustin Diamond. And he's on, and he's oh. on the E! Network a lot. He is on the E! Network a lot. <laughs> and he looks the exact same. Talk about someone who has not aged. True. He looks the same. He just has, I guess, shorter hair. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he doesn't have... He doesn't have the, uh, like, the jerry curl anymore. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and now he's got the flat top. Uh, Dustin Diamond played Screech. He was Screech Powers or Samuel Screech Powers. He was also in Dickie Roberts, and we already mentioned the college years. I believe he's also, uh, ser- or he has served time in the maximum, right? I don't know if it was maximum um, penitentiary, but he was definitely in jail for a while. Yeah, he, he's had a, a tough life since good old Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen as Kelly Kapowski. She was in Fast Lane and Hollywood Ending. Kelly Kapowski was honestly my first crush, and she was amazing. That's fair. Like that, yes. So, and then we had Lark Vuries as Lisa Turtle. She was in How High in Days of Our Lives. Dennis Haskins as Mr. Belding. He was the principal. I mean, I wish my principal was like Mr. Belding. <laughs> but when I was in high school, I'm not saying anything about my, my current boss. So a million, he's in A Million Ways to Die in the West. And then Elizabeth Berkeley as Jesse Spano, who is in Justin's favorite movie, Showgirls. I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so scared. That's, the, that's Elizabeth Berkeley's best acting moment, just to yeah. be clear. <laughs> if you if you don't if you don't understand that reference, you obviously have not watched Saved by the Bell. Yes, I don't understand that reference. Oh, really? That's the episode where she's where she's all she's on, on like this caffeine speed. pills. Caffeine, yeah. caffeine pills. She's all messed up. That Zach gave her. I'm pretty sure. Pretty yeah, Zach pretty gave sure. to her <laughs> so she could stay up all night and study for a test, so he could cheat off her or something like that. Yes, something like yes. that. Yeah, because <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> So let's get into some nerd facts. Um, and originally, Zach and Slater were written as bitter rivals for Kelly's romantic affections. Off-screen, Mario Lopez and Mark Paul Gossler were and continue to be very close friends. The writers, sensing their obvious chemistry, had the characters rewritten as best friends, and they remained that way for the rest of the show. And I'm so glad that they didn't make Slater chase after Kelly because that, that relationship just didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. Yeah. Definitely much more of a of a Jesse Spano type situation there, right? Anyway, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Only I guess I'm only passionate about who was with who in that show. You guys are not. Mark Paul Gossler actually had to dye his hair blonde every two weeks while the show was in production. Yep. 
and speaking of Kelly, though Kelly was scripted as Zach's girlfriend for the show, Lark Vuries was Mark Paul Gossler's real-life girlfriend for three years, including Saved by the Bell, Hawaiian style, according to several interviews by Gossler. Hawaiian style? Yeah, they go to Hawaii for Kelly's grandpa's... Kelly's grandpa's business is closing, and Zach comes up with the way to save it. I'm sure it was legal. Yes, of course. (laughs) I'm sure. Totally. Kelly is like this high school girl dating like a 30-year-old lawyer. It's kind of weird, but... Yeah, that's right. I hated that guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin Diamond was only 12 years old when he was cast as Screech. The series creators and executive producer Pete Engel has said he wouldn't have cast Diamond if he'd known his age. He later angered Diamond by repeatedly noting his immaturity relative to the other older cast members. Well, he does look like a baby compared to everybody else. Yeah, he does. And and honestly, these child child actors and child stars, this is this is what happens to them often is that they are they're exposed to this lifestyle way too young and way too young of an age. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting real deep with it with these shows. I'm just in a deep mood. At its height, the show had more teenage viewers on Saturday mornings than the Cosby show, which was the number one show on television at the time, which was also aired during primetime. Yeah, and the school set has been used for many Disney Channel and Nickelodeon shows, including That's So Raven and iCarly. Hmm. And Saved by the Bell Graduation, in, which came out in 1992, had already been shot when the network ordered more episodes. Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkley were attached to other projects. So Leanna Creel was cast as Tori. The Tori episodes aired in the middle of the final season to sidestep continuity problems. The storyline operated on the idea that Tori, Kelly, and Jesse were all at Bayside at the same time and had different classes and social interactions with Zach, Slater, Screech, and Lisa that never overlapped. Tori, I just found so annoying in that show. I didn't like never Tori. a fan. I didn't like Tori either. Yep. So this is a fun fact. The show, which was called Good Morning Miss Bliss, came out in 1987. It was set at John F. Kennedy Jr. High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. It was actually canceled after 14 episodes. NBC then decided to retool the show, move it to Bayside High School in, Pacific, in the Pacific Palisades, California, and remove many of the characters. That's pretty much when we, the, the, the people who were actually kept were Dennis Haskins, Mark Paul Gossler, Dustin Diamond, and Lark Voorhees. This actually led to a fan theory that the show is an elaborate daydream by Zach Morris, who again is a slacker who tries to be a cool kid and basically successfully gets away with everything. Uh, supporters point to the show's theme song, which supposedly describes slacker Zach's thoughts and to Zach's ability to do a timeout where he temporarily stops time and breaks the fourth wall. So a lot, a lot of little fun little nuggets there. About this show. See, see, I hear that and I think about the, um, well, it was it, it, when Breaking Bad was still out, like how they were going to end Breaking Bad, where he was going to wake up and it, it, he was going to he was going to wake up. It was all a bad dream, and he was going to be a Malcolm in the Middle. Like, or Rick oh, Grimes, oh. Rick Grimes waking up in a coma after having dreamed the whole Walking Dead series. Exactly. Exactly. We we basically have the show Dallas to blame for everyone thinking this. You might at any point the show just may end as a dream sequence because that's how that show ended. 
Spoiler alert. Wouldn't know that. Well, uh, thanks. No, I don't have to watch that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that show came out in like the 70s. It, I think it's it's past its statute of limitations. The only thing seven. I know about it Dallas is who shot JR. Oh, yeah. Who shot JR? Yeah. It's the only thing I know about Dallas. And that there was a remake of it with a bunch of good looking people that came out later. So. True. Yeah. Um, few more nerd facts. Dustin Diamond is the only actor to appear as a regular in every episode, spinoff, and movie. And Zach Morris's beige cell phone is a Dynatac 8000X. That was just the coolest thing to, to see. Yeah. When you're watching that show and he's got a cell phone. Yeah. So. <laughs> So group discussion, why does it matter? For me, I I think it is a popular show, and it kind of set some of the standards for high school dramas. Not dramas, comedies. They're remaking it. Not remaking it, I take that back. They're doing a spinoff series on NBC's new network coming out in a couple months. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, On the streaming service? Yeah, Peacock. Peacock? Yeah. So I, I loved it. Like for me, it was just something my sister and I watched almost every day growing up. So I just, I loved the show and I thought I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, no, it was a pretty impactful show for me too. I watched a lot. I don't, I mean, I thought that statistic, interestingly enough, that it was the most popular television show outpacing or outviewed by our age group than the Cosby show, which was aired during like the most primetime television slot. I think that shows like how many people were, tuning in to this show while it was mm-hmm. at the height of its popularity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anyone who hasn't seen this show. I mean, it's probably my, it's definitely our age demographics, but everyone's seen this show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You can drop some Saved by the Bell references and everybody's going to get it. You really can. <laughs> right. So well, the last show that we're going to talk about is Miami Vice. You, you weren't going to miss the opportunity to talk about Miami Vice. <laughs> uh, no. And honestly, so I'll, I will be honest, I don't know how many episodes of the original show that I have seen, but the one main reason why I picked it is just because of its reference in Eurotrip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Really? Hey, Miami Vice. <laughs> Number one, new show. <laughs> so, I, and that, well, that was, that's how my brain works. So I was like, oh, I got to pick Miami Vice. So, but it actually was a, a pretty influential show of the 80s. There's an entire Miami Vice look yeah. that still exists to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so some general info about the show. The stubble-faced detective Crockett lived in a sailboat guarded by his alligator Elvis. His partner Tubbs was a black New York cop looking for his brother's killer. Together they took on the Florida drug world. It aired September 16th, 1984 to January 25th, 1990 for five seasons and 112 total episodes. Yeah, it was created by Anthony Yerkovic. And it stars Don Johnson as Detective James Crockett, who it's, it's Don Johnson. I do love him in Tin Cup, but he was also in Django Unchained. Uh, he was in the Watchmen TV series and then also another TV series, Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges. And wow. Nash Bridges with <laughs> Cheech. Yes. <laughs> and then Philip Michael Thomas as Detective Ricardo Tubbs, who was the voice of Lance in GTA Vice City. And he also was in a couple episodes of Nash Bridges. We had Sandra Santiago as Detective Gina Calabrese. She's from The Sopranos. She plays 
Jean Cusimano, and also from Guiding Light. As well, and we also have Olivia Brown as Detective Trudy Joplin, who is from Throw Mama from the Train and 48 Hours. <laughs> yeah. Then you have Michael Talbot as Detective Stan Swiddick. He's in National Lampoon's Vacation, and he was in Cowboy and First Blood. Edward James Olmos as Lieutenant Martin Castillo, Battlestar Galactica, Blade Runner, Stand and Deliver, and Selena. I mean, we all know. I mean, Edward James Olmos is pretty iconic. Yes, especially in Stand and Deliver. I remember that out there. He's amazing. Yeah. And the, so the tagline was, you belong to the city. So we got some information. Let's go into some what, nerd facts. Well, yeah, that is kind of a weird tagline. Yeah. Uh, the show was originally to be called Gold Coast, as shown in advanced TV promos, but with characters shouting Miami Vice so much in the show, it seemed to be a better title. Nick Nolte and Jeff Bridges were actually considered for the role of Sonny Crockett, but since it was not lucrative for film stars to venture into television yet, other candidates were considered. Another person that was considered was Mickey Rourke, but he also turned down the offer. Can you imagine Mickey Rourke playing Sonny Crockett? <laughs> Oh, How about man. this one? Denzel Washington was considered for the part of Ricardo Tubbs. Mickey Rourke and Denzel Washington. That would have been amazing. Yes. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been really cool. Yeah. Uh, to help get potential cast members more into character, they were taken on stakeouts by Real Miami Vice Unit. While auditioning for the role of Sonny Crockett, Don Johnson came into a script reading for the producers directly from an all-night stakeout. He was tired, his hair was a mess, and he hadn't shaved that morning. The look showed the producers what a real-life vice cop would look like following a long night's work, and he was hired immediately. That's amazing. NBC executives were initially uh, against casting John, Don Johnson because he had started four failed pilots. And he was actually ready to leave the show at the end of the second season, and the studio had lined up Mark Harmon to take over the role of Sonny Crockett. The only one not happy with the solution was the executive producer, Michael Mann, who convinced John, Don Johnson to stay on. And as a result, Johnson became the best paid actor in the history of television series, of this television series. Johnson sub- subsequently had to turn down roles in quite a few movies, which is crazy, as leads in The Untouchables and Die Hard. And that's one, wow. of those, that's one of those unintended consequences there. Like, I mean, he's obviously huge and iconic for Miami Vice, but those are two pretty giant movies that would have mm. certainly helped him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and then during pre-du- pre-production... Don Johnson wanted Sonny Crockett to be more of a cowboy and suggested a lot of denim, v-neck sweaters, and cowboy boots. He was really unsure how the heavy use of pastel and bright colors would fit his character's macho, no-nonsense persona. <laughs> Producer Michael Mann and costume designer Jody Lintillen saw Crockett as more of a beach bum. Johnson relented and, as a result, became one of the biggest fashion symbols of the 1980s. Good thing. <clears throat> When Crockett's Ferrari Daytona was actually a modified Corvette, Ferrari executives were so upset that his Ferrari was gaining such popularity that they offered to provide the series with their new flagship car, the Testarossa. Hmm. Edward James Olmos and Don Johnson did not like each other because of their acting styles. And actually, funny enough, there are some episodes where Edward James Olmos won't even look at Don Johnson. And then to maintain Sonny Crockett's perpetual two-day stubble, Don Johnson shaved with a sideburn trimmer. 
pro tip. <laughs> yeah. All the technical advisors for the show served as real life, served with the real life Miami Vice unit. Cast members had to pass the Florida Department of Law Enforcement firearms test before they could handle weapons <clears throat> on the set. Uh, Miami tourism officials credit the series for transforming the impression of the city from a retirement community to a fun and exciting place for young people to visit. And according to Sonny Crockett's character history, he volunteered for military service in Vietnam in the early 1970s. In real life, Don Johnson attempted to join the United States Marine Corps around that time. However, unlike Crockett, who served a combat tour in Vietnam, Johnson was rejected due to a criminal conviction for drug possession. Mm. Don Johnson, living the Miami life. He is. So, yeah. Why does this matter? What's up with this show? I think, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with probably the lifestyle and... Um, like you, I, honestly, like I think about this show, and it's a movie that we just recently, Megan and I just recently watched, um, Bad Boys, and mm -hmm. that's basically what it is. Like Bad Boys is just a new version of Miami Vice. It's two guys running around in Miami, you know, taking taking down drug lords and being renegade cops and just doing whatever they want to and just kind of getting away with it. Yeah, and you had the you had the lifestyle and just the dress too. The dress I think is so iconic. You got the bright mm -hmm. bright t shirts, the white you know jackets and and everything else and the flashy sports cars. Uh, that's for me why it's so impactful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have not, but have you guys seen the movie Miami Vice? No. I have. Colin Farrell, with... Jamie Foxx. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen it. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you a thing about it because it's probably one of those that I only saw once. But yeah, I've, I've never seen, seen it. it but... Yeah, I'd like to watch it at some point, but I haven't yet. All right, well, that about does it. So let's uh, hopefully you enjoy our 80s TV breakdown 90s up next well not next but the next time we get back to this that'll be the 90s big big decade of television big decade i i can i think i already know what show you're gonna pick. i'm not well, gonna say anything okay but i right. think i know okay all right we'll see well you'll find out soon enough a little bit of nerd outreach so first of all josh you want to start yes thank yous i would like to thank my lovely wife and daughter for letting me come down here in the basement and record this i smell cake up there so i'm very excited for when this is over Excellent. I'm going to thank Deer Creek Coffee for uh, being open and providing me with a great little mocha treat that I haven't had in a long time. I'm going to thank a few. Uh, I am going to thank Clarkson Wilson Vet Clinic and then also Veterinary Specialty Services. Um, they took care of my dog for 12 years and VSS did everything they could to save him. But he had a good 12 years, and he was a good dog. And Clarkson Wilson Vet was the only vet that he ever went to. I got, we, would, we took him there the day that we got him or the day after we got him, and we just kept going there ever since. And then I'd also like to thank our, one of our co-hosts, Justin, for being the efficient of my wedding last weekend. Mm -hmm. The dude abides. The dude Congrats. abides. My yeah, wife saw of, it on Facebook and said, why does he have sunglasses on? The Church of Latter-day Dude. I was, I was, was one of the, I was sunglasses gonna say, one of the groomsmen gifts. One of the groomsmen gifts. And I was lucky enough to be ordained by the Church of the Latter-day Dude. And yeah. very, very thankful for you asking me to ordain your wedding. And it was, uh, officiate your wedding. And it was, um, 
It was, it was, it was an awesome. Aw- awesome day. Awesome day. Yeah. Despite the circumstances, we just, it was fantastic. My, my parents raved about how, especially my mother, raved about how good a job you did. She was, oh, well. he was just, he was great. Your parents have always been so kind to me. That's very nice. And, and I'll tell you what, flattery will get you everywhere. So tell them thank you. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, yeah. Oh. So, yes, um, if you have any ideas for future shows, uh, send them to us via email at nerdisthenewcoolpodcast at gmail.com, or you can use the hashtag nerdisthenewcoolpodcast on any of the socials. As always, if you want to contact us elsewhere, you can like, follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Nerd is the New Cool Podcast, as well as Twitter, Nerd is the New CO2. Yeah, and if you want to hear us, you can go to Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Just search Nerd is the New Cool Podcast. And stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to be talking about some legends of rock. Lambert is especially excited about this one because... Well, he's a music guy. And so we're going to talk about some influential artists from uh, the genre of rock and roll. From rock and roll. All right, everyone. Well, that was fun. Yeah. All right. We will see you next time. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.